Good morning. Praise the Lord. Are you fine? <coughs> Media guys, please give us a Exodus 12. Eh? Okay. While the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Then skip to verse 11, please. 11. These, these are your instructions for eating this meal. Be fully dressed, wear your sandals, and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency, for this is the Lord's Passover. On that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. But the blood on, on your doorstops, your door, doorposts, will serve as a sign, making the houses where you are staying, when making... Mark, marking, sorry, let me repeat verse 13. But the blood on your, on your doorposts will serve as a sign marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. This is a day to remember. Each year from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. This is a law for all time. For seven days, the bread you eat must be made without yeast. On the first day of the festival, remove every trace of yeast from your, from your homes. Anyone who eats bread made with yeast during the seven days of the festival will be cut off from the community of Israel. On the first day of the festival, and again on the seventh day, all the people must observe an official day for holy assembly. No work of any kind may be done on these days except in the preparation of food. Verse 22, brush the high soap across the top and sides of the door frames of your houses and no one may go out through the door until morning. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. We pray that you speak unto us, Lord. I humble myself before you. Use me, Lord, as your vessel, King of glory. Speak to us, Lord, and speak to every situation in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today's topic, sometimes I find myself struggling to get a topic, and uh, I have a topic uh, on the Passover of the Lord. The Passover of the Lord. Amen. Are you getting me? The Passover of the Lord. Amen. And we want to ask ourselves, what is Passover? What is the origin of the Passover or the Pesach? What is the significance of Pesach or Passover? And uh, the Passover and the New Testament church. And then how to celebrate the Passover. And then the Passover is a celebration of life and rejuvenation. Amen. I, I, I deliberately started from the beginning of chapter 12. Because I remember when Pastor Richard was giving us the word for the new season. He kept on going back to chapter 12 of Exodus verse 2. That this month will be the beginning of months for you. Praise the Lord. And I just hope all of us remember that. We have a new beginning for each one of us as individuals and for the church at the corporate level. Praise the Lord. I'm talking about the church in Gong Road. I'm talking about the broader deliverance church. And I'm talking also about the bigger or the, 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 the universal body of the Lord Jesus Christ in the country and the world over. Praise the Lord. Amen. So it's about the Passover of the Lord because the Passover is related and Pastor Richard tried to, uh, alluded to that, of course, as he was uh, uh, preparing to, uh, to, 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 to give us the Holy Communion. Uh, that, of course, uh, it has got a lot to do with the Holy Communion. I would be very quickly because of time. I would be very quick because of time, and God will help me. Amen. 
I actually yesterday was reading verse chapter 12 of Exodus and I thought I heard things I'd never heard. And unfortunately my wife came into the bedroom and she found me crying. It's not usual for men to be found crying by their wives. Is it? Praise the Lord. Because when you hear the Lord speak to, to you in a way that you feel, like you, are, you, you feel like you are foolish, you have been all going through this path and you have never seen some of the things that he's showing you. You have all gone through these scriptures. You have never heard some of the words that he's talking to you about. Praise the Lord. The Passover is about new beginnings. Amen. So let's, ask, let's answer the question, what is the Passover? It is also called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The Feast of Unleavened Bread. And it is one of the three mandatory annual feasts or festivals of the Jewish, in the Jewish culture, of course, that are, that are prescribed first from the book of, of course, the, 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 the Passover itself in the book of Exodus 12. But the other three, the, 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 the total of three, of course, is prescribed for the first time in Exodus chapter 23. I, I, don't, I will avoid going to Exodus chapter 23, but I can just cite it a bit, just briefly. Verse 14, three times a year you are to celebrate a festival to me. Celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread, or the Passover. For seven days eat, up, eat bread without yeast, as I commanded you. Do this at the appointed time in the month of Abib. For, this, for in that month you came out of Egypt. Praise the Lord. No one is to appear before me empty-handed. Then verse 16 says, Celebrate the Feast of Harvest with the first fruits of the crops you saw in your field. Celebrate the feast of ingathering at the end of the year, and so on and so forth. Okay? Let's go back now to, to answer the question, what is the Passover? We have said it is the first, the, one of the three mandatory feasts that are prescribed. A prescription, you don't ask questions. When you are given a prescription by a doctor, you go and take it according to his instructions. If he says take it one, three times, one tablet three times, or one teaspoon three times, don't try to take the big spoon three times, you'll die. Praise the Lord. And you know some of us, because of meanness, we say, if I finish this medicine, I'm going to, be, to suffer. So you are told, take the big spoon three times a day, you take the small spoon two times a day, so that it can push you for two months. And you see, <laughs> disobeying the instructions of a prescription is dangerous. It can actually kill. And it's also true. It's even more dangerous to miss part of the prescription or the wording in God's prescription. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you remember in verse chapter 12, we say the, the Bible says, whoever disobeys this and eats bread that is leavened or that has got yeast will be actually cut off from the commonwealth of Israel. It is so dangerous. It's, so, it's, that, it's that dangerous that you disobey part of the instructions and that God thinks you are not worthy to, be, to belong to the commonwealth of Israel. And therefore, you are cut off. It means you have got no fellowship. It means you have got no company. You are like what the so-called pariah, pariah, pariah people, pariah state. So, personal non grata. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It was triggered off by the Passover or the Pesach, which is the feast of salvation in more modern words. It is a feast of salvation in commemoration of when the angel of death passed over the Jewish homes with the blood of the sacrificial or the, sacrificial or the Passover lamb smeared on the doorsteps. I remember also in chapter 12, the Bible says, when you smear the blood on your doorpost, stay indoors. You cannot afford to go out when the angel of death is passing out. You do not have the security. The security is in the blood. Praise the Lord. The blood is your mark for security. It is your mark for life. It is your mark for a new beginning. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. It is the blood that protects us. The blood of the Lamb. And of course, today is the blood of the Lamb of God. Even Jesus Christ. Amen. We cannot afford as Christians to walk outside the blood of Jesus Christ. Because you will be on your own. 
You see, when you are inside, let me tell you because I know a bit of a, 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 a bit of a protocol. When I'm in Kenya, whether I am a Ugandan or I'm a Kenyan or a European, I am bound by the Kenyan law. And therefore, for as long as I am covered by the Kenyan law, anybody who wrongs me will be prosecuted according to the Kenyan law. It cannot be prosecuted according to Ugandan law, even if I came from Uganda, as long as I am within the jurisdiction of Kenya. But the moment I cross the borderline at Busia, I, I carry a Kenyan identity card or a Kenyan passport. But the game has changed. I am under a different law, the law of Uganda. Are you getting this? And that is why it is dangerous for anybody when the Lord gives instructions to go outside the instructions because then you will be on your own. You will not be covered by the law of God. You will be at the mercy of other forces. And therefore when the angel of death passes through, he will not first ask you your name and ask you to confess to see whether you know the prayer of confession. You will look, you will look at you and you realize, you will realize that you are outside the jurisdiction of the blood of the Lamb. And you will be slain like any other firstborn. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah! Then God reiterates the importance of the Passover as a mandatory celebration in several other scriptures, of course, including Exodus chapter 23, Leviticus 23, and Deuteronomy 6. You can imagine when God repeats something, the same instructions over and over again. And then you see the importance. The day you talk to your children, you tell them, never touch this thing because it's live wire. And then you are leaving, you say, please, I told you never to touch this one. This one is dangerous. And again, you repeat. The kids start wondering whether this thing does not carry a bomb trap or something. I mean, whatever it is. Because then they get scared. And that's how we are supposed to get scared when God wants us again as something. Praise the Lord. This, of course, was symbolic of the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament, which, of course, is the, be the beginning or the birth of the church. It, was, it is what Jesus was practicing. Actually, if you read when Jesus was giving his disciples the Last Supper, he was actually observing the Passover feast. He broke bread just according to the instructions in uh, Exodus chapter 23 and, uh, 20, uh, and uh, chapter 12. It is the beginning, of course, what Jesus was doing is the bridging between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Therefore, the bridging between the old Passover practice and the New Testament Holy Communion. It marks the beginning of a new season in the, in the life of a Christian. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah! Amen. The other two mandatory annual feasts are the Feast of the Harvest. I know many of us have got no idea what that means. It is actually what we call the Pentecost. The Feast of Harvest is the Pentecost. You know why it is the Feast of the Harvest? Because it coincides with the first mature harvest. Actually, the beginning, when the Passover is observed, for those who know seasons, it is the, the spring season. The spring is a sign that you are changing, you are moving from the cold season where you cannot grow anything to the warm season which is called summer where things, are, of course, animals start uh, rejoicing in the sunshine. They get some strength. Some of those that are weak get strengthened because of the heat from the sun. And more so for crops because crops need the sun to make their food which we call through the process of called the photosynthesis, those who are still in school. Eh? And therefore, the first harvest was coming after 49 days. It is uh, seven Sabbaths from the Passover. 49, and therefore the 50th day, then you celebrate the harvest. And you know why, why, what is the link with the New Testament church? Jesus told the disciples to tarry in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit is come upon them. And then there will be, there will be his witnesses. His witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and up to the utmost parts of the world. The coming of the Holy Spirit was to give us the power to become disciples, to become fishers of men. Praise the Lord. To harvest souls. 
When Jesus was saying the fields are white, but the workers are few, pray ye the Father so that he can bring father, f- workers into his field. It was what the missing link was the Holy Spirit. Because they, by then, they had not been endowed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not for speaking tongues. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. It's not for speaking tongues. Speaking tongues, I tell God, is an added benefit. It's, a, it's called, a, the workers call it a fridge benefit. It's a fridge benefit. The Holy Spirit is to empower us to do the work of the ministry. To bring souls, the harvest of souls, to the kingdom of God. And that is why the Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, is called the Feast of the Harvest. It's also called the Feast of Weeks. Because it is the seven weeks, seven Sabbaths. So you count seven weeks, and therefore seven times seven days, 49. And therefore the 50th day after the 49th day, then you celebrate the Feast of the Harvest. Praise the Lord. In Israel, of course, in Jewish language, it's called the Shavuot. 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 It comes in the third month. After the first month, of course, the, which is the, 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 the month, the 14th day is the day that we celebrate the Passover. We are not counting, in, of course, in the English calendar. We are counting, of course, based on the Jewish calendar. And then the other one is the Feast of the Tabernacles or the Feast of Ingathering, which occurs in the seventh month, which is also called Tishri. It was to be preeminently an occasion of rejoicing and occurred just after the great day of atonement. A week, it, it involves, of course, a week of uh, celebrating the harvest and living in booths and giving sacrifices to the Lord, providing, uh, uh, and of course, the, the, to the Lord who provides shelter in the booths of uh, the tabernacles in the desert, among others. I think that's enough introduction. Let me move on, please. What is the origin of the Passover or the Pesach? Of course, God gave instructions through Moses just before he performed his final miracle to deliver the children of Egypt, uh, the children of uh, Israel from Egypt. And it was actually the tenth, the tenth miracle that he performed. The reason for this, you will go back to chapter 7, verse 16. I think it's verse 16 of Exodus. Chapter 7, verse 16. You know what Moses was told by God? You tell Pharaoh that he must release you so that you can go into the desert or into the wilderness and worship me. The main reason why God wanted to deliver the children of Israel is not so much to take them to, the Can- to, to Canaan or to the promised land. Of course, that was part of the ultimate goal. But the main reason was for them to be free to worship him. Amen. And therefore, when we are born again and we cannot afford to worship God, then there is a problem. We still need another deliverance so that we start knowing or realizing the essence of worshiping God. Amen. Hallelujah. His deliverance was meant, therefore, to allow them to go and worship him. God did not ask them to weigh anything or to consider whatever instructions was given because they were instructions. They were instructions, a prescription. They didn't need to decide whether or not it was possible or not concerning the observance of his holy days. These were mandatory feasts. Of course, the, the Bible in some of the translations also calls them lasting ordinances to be passed on to the children and the children's children. Praise the Lord. And when the children ask us what we are, what we are celebrating, this is what the Bible says. You tell them that it is the Passover of the Lord. When he passed over our, our houses or our dwelling places, that we are smeared with the blood of the Lamb. And he spared our homes as he struck down the Egyptians. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, this, listen to this. I like this because God revealed me, to me this uh, some time ago. The judgment of the heathen is actually the revelation of the children of God. Let's not fear judgment. Praise the Lord. When God, did you get what I'm saying? The judgment of the heathen or the judgment of the unrighteous is actually the revelation of the children of God. Because this is what God is proving in Exodus 12. He says, go and punish the Egyptians by killing all their firstborns, including even Pharaoh's household. Even the firstborn of his cows and his, uh, his, and, and his horses. 
kill them and the chicken and everything. But anything that is within a house that is smeared with blood of the blood of the lamb, the blood of the Passover lamb, that one will be spared. What does it mean? The children of God are being revealed when the children of the devil are being killed. Praise the Lord. It is not time to run away from judgment, brethren. Because judgment is good for the children of God. It separates them. It is how you separate the wheat from the chaff. That's why the Bible says, when the sower went and sowed, and the enemy came and sowed tethers, the workers came and reported the matter, and they asked him, can we now go and uproot the tethers? The tears, sorry, the tears. And he told them, you cannot until the day, I'm calling the day of judgment, he's called it the last day, when everything will be ready, and everything will be harvested, and then put together, and then we'll be able to separate the tears from the wheat. Praise the Lord. The tears are being judged by being thrown into everlasting fire. But the children of God are being revealed and glorified with Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, Pesach, or Pasaka, the so-called, in Kiswahili we call it Pasaka, comes from the Hebrew root Pesamechet. Pe variously meaning to pass through, to pass over, or to exempt, or to spare, to exempt from judgment, to exempt from a bad thing. Then that is the Passover, or the, the, the past Pesach. Pesach is also the name of the sacrificial offering. A lamb, of course, that is supposed to be burned with fire, of course, as a sacrifice before God. You are not supposed to eat any part of it, of course, boiled or anything else, but then burnt with fire. And everything that remains, nothing is kept. In the Old Testament, nothing was supposed to be kept until the following day. Whatever remains in the family has eaten to their fill. Then they are supposed, you are supposed to burn it as a it's a burnt offering unto the Lord. That, so Pesach is also, is a, can be the feast or the sacrificial lamb that was offered for us, of course, the, by Passover. And therefore you can take it, of course, as a lamb that represents, of course, symbolically representing Jesus Christ. In today's time, of course, the current time of the New Testament church, of course, it is Christ. And Pesach, of course, or Passover is the most celebrated feast in the Jewish calendar. Up to 80% of Jews observe the Pesach or the Passover. It is not that high in terms of because many of them have fallen away, of course, because of uh, modern influences. And therefore, and of course, one of the things they have done, because God wants them not to, to intermarry with other tribes, and especially the tribes of the heathen in the, in the, in the land of Canaan. And they have already done that, and therefore many of them are influenced. But they still remember this day is the day the Lord brought them from the humiliation, from the enslavement of the Egyptians. And he set them free for them to be able to worship him. And that was the beginning of the journey to the promised land. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah! The significance of Passover. Of course, historically, it is the physical deliverance of the children of Israel from Egypt. And that one I don't want to, uh, to dwell too much on it because it's, it's what we have been talking about, of course, from the beginning of this uh, sermon. Agriculturally, it marks the spring season or the beginning of life as God rejuvenates the ground after winter. It therefore celebrates, or it was a celebration of uh, growth and life. Praise the Lord. Spiritually, of course, it's a celebration of our salvation and deliverance. Later in history, of course, it was corrupted to Easter. And Easter was not a religious ritual, of course, a Christian ritual. It was a celebration in dedication to the pagan, pagan goddess of fertility called Easter. Easter. And therefore, that's, how it was. that's why you, you find we are calling the Passover Easter. But it doesn't matter. We know what we are celebrating. We are not celebrating the pagan goddess called Easter. We are celebrating the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is now our Passover lamb. Praise the Lord. Prophetically, it is the beginning of a new season. Spring is a signal that summer is coming, or summer is near. It is a reminder that the coming of the Lord is at hand. A reminder that we need to be ready as his bride. Praise the Lord. 
That's what Jesus said in Matthew 24, 32. He said, learn a lesson from the fig tree. When you see it start to blossom, and of course it blossoms in winter, in, in, in spring, so that after winter, immediately after winter, the transition season is called spring. When the sun starts shining, it's not so hot. And then, as it moves towards winter, then it has already flowered and given its uh, born fruit. And therefore, when you walk around summertime, you'll find a lot of harvest of figs or, or, any, other, or, or any other fruit tree for that matter, including even, even uh, cereals. Barley, wheat, among others. That's all they do. Many times, actually, the, 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 the Jewish culture, even now, because they have a very dry environment, what they do, they actually saw some of the wheat you eat, actually, in Israel, is sown under ice during winter. So it's called, uh, it's, it's called thawing. So you, you go and open up the, 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 ice, the, the ice cover. You put seed inside. When winter starts coming, when, when spring starts coming in, you know now there is a bit of sunshine. The temperatures have improved. The, the water, the ice starts melting. And therefore it is the same water from the melting ice that actually waters the crop. And by wind, by summer, it is ready for harvest. With the small rain, the little rain that they receive, it's, uh, it starts, uh, it's enough to grow the crop to maturity. And therefore by summer, they are harvesting. So when you see these signs, and Jesus had talked about many things, hatred, rumors of wars, wars, earthquakes, and the crazy things like what is happening in the Rift Valley, our own Rift Valley, then you know the time is near. And then he said, learn a lesson from the fig tree. When it starts to blossom, and that actually prophetically represented the tribe of Israel. And uh, that blossoming was the coming back of Israel from being scattered in the different countries of the world to Israel or to the promised land. And it happened in 1948, I think. 48. And therefore that has already happened. Are you waiting for another sign for the coming of the Lord? Thunderstorms, wars, rumors of wars, brother rising up against brother, mother against... Have you seen people being rejected for their Christianity? And children rebelling from their parents simply because their parents are always praying. And they are not rebelling against parents who are drinking beer day and night and not paying for their school fees because they are not able to. But they, they will tell the parents because they are making the, you make too much noise when you are praying, mommy. And therefore, this is enough justification that you don't like us in this house. We want to run away from the house. Are you waiting for another sign, brethren? It is time to wake up because the time is at hand. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah! It is a reminder that the time is almost up. And our bridegroom is almost at the door. Amen. And if Jesus tarries anyway, some of us will kick the bucket. But will we be ready to meet the Lord when he comes after kicking the bucket? Do you know that English? Kicking the bucket? You don't go about kicking your mother's bucket. Eh? It's about dying. You see? And we are not afraid of death. Because... Because Jesus resurrected from the places of the dead. We died with him and we rose up with him. That is the symbolic meaning. And that is the reality of the Christian life. Because Jesus died and he went to the deepest places of the dead. And he took away the keys, Pastor, Pastor Richard said it. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 that the one who ascended is also the one who descended to the lowest levels of the earth. And when he rose up, he gave gifts to men. And he gave them to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers. What is the reason for the grooming of the church? For the work of the ministry? So that the church can be more like Christ through the fivefold ministry, through the giftings of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. This is the only reason why Jesus Christ Gave us the Holy Spirit. And then we can speak to him in a new tongue. But to me a new tongue, I like speaking in tongues. I like speaking in tongues, I can tell you. Oh, praise the Lord. But speaking in tongues is not, is not what I'm supposed to be doing. It's not my core calling. My main calling is to bring people to the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you very much. Okay. The Passover in the New Testament church. 
What do we celebrate? We celebrate our salvation and deliverance. And for others, it's a time to have a taste of the new life. Because they have never, they see us celebrating, jumping about here, saying Jesus is risen from the dead. Almost choking ourselves with noise. And we, oh, praise the Lord. They cannot understand. We need to bring them to the fold. Why they cannot understand is because although they are living in our midst, they are not inside the fold. They don't have the mark of the blood of the Lamb of God. Praise the Lord. It is their time to taste of the joy of knowing the Lord. It is not just about, it's not just about statutes. Because the Old Testament calls, them, calls, calls, calls it statutes. It says these are the statutes of the Lord. It's like a law you cannot break. A statute is a written law. I am not a lawyer. I know there are lawyers here. So I try to understand this from my own uh, layman's perspective. Eh? A statute is something that's written. You cannot bargain against it. You can only conquer it with another law with an, or with an amendment. And you see the law of God cannot be amended. Praise the Lord. It is us to, to fit within the law of God. It is not the law of God to fit within our, our likes. It is forgetting where... Sorry. I'm saying forgetting where we came from can easily lead to losing our identity. And many times, I, I, I like telling my rural church, you know those guys we grew up with uh, when we were young, and uh, I got saved when I was in a captula. And I like reminding, the day you hear them te not telling you that I'm born again, ask me what is wrong. Because I don't want to forget where I came from. Because it reminds me that it's a bad place. It's a bad place. It is a bad place. And if you do not realize where you came from is a bad place, then you are almost becoming like the children of, Egypt, of Israel in the desert. When they turned against Moses and they, talk, they started talking about the cucumbers of Egypt. The same place where they cried unto God day and night for God to deliver them. And then they forgot so easily because the desert God was always providing manna and providing water from the rock. And you can easily forget actually after walking with the Lord for a few years. And then you forget the danger of where we came from. We forget actually outside those guys who were found outside were slain by the angel of death. But we were saved because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Forgetting where we come from can actually lead to complacency. And complacency is what is killing the church in Kenya today. We focus so much on physical things. And you know, even the children of Egypt, we are asking God, they were saying, we want a king that we can touch, you know, we can talk with and all that. They were looking for something. And that's why when Moses started in the mountain, speaking to God on their behalf, they actually provoked Aaron to the point of making a golden cup for them to worship. Because they were looking for something they can see, they can touch, they can worship, and they go around the thing like the Hindus do. That's the problem, brethren. Many times, you know I like good cars, my brother. I like them. I don't have a big one, but I like them. I, 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 and I, 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 I envy with holiness the guys with big machines. Eh? One, some of my friends, one of my friends from Iraq, Iran told me, no, no, I'm inviting you to my country one time, and he was telling me, I've actually just bought a, a new machine. I, I've not forgo forgotten that. Eh? That time, I think I'd bought a B2 and I was not even able to maintain it, so it was, it was already grounded. And somebody is telling me of a big machine, eh? But you see, a big machine is nothing. Because nobody will go with the big machine to heaven. Do you know what? The big house. Yesterday we went to some place where we have been constructing a small house. It's small because I've had another gentleman actually from Kisumu say, this is a modest dwelling. And I looked at the thing. <laughs> I, I looked at the thing. It looks like a whole mall. And he's saying, this is a modest, a modest dwelling. So mine is a small thing. It's actually like a hut compared to the modest dwelling. Eh? And we came, we are, we are happy because the Lord has given us this gift. We pray to God several years and God has blessed us at long last. Sometime we'll take you there and we, we slaughter a goat for you. It will not be the, 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 the Passover lamb. But we can as well celebrate the Passover there one day. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I like this, but you see, this stuff, actually I'll leave it here on earth. And when the thunder of the last thing comes, it might be the first one to break down. Because nobody will need it anymore. Even if it breaks down, even if it is brought down by the thunder or by the coming of the Lord. I will not miss it. 
Because I'll be heading, meanwhile I'll be heading, flying, heading to a better place. Praise the Lord. Complacency is dangerous for the, for the church. We actually look at our brothers and we measure them based on the number of tongues they can speak. You say, ah, this one dries up after one minute. In fact, he can't even speak in tongues for two minutes. And we think it is anything to pride ourselves in. We need to remember, brethren, pride comes before a fall. Praise the Lord. God set us free for one purpose. He set us from the enemy, from the enemy's domination and dominion over us to go out and worship him. Worship should be our priority. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. We are therefore called to worship the Lord and to be fishers of men. But the church has drifted to focus on side shows. That's why some of us find time to go and bribe people from the street to come and uh, have their, 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 their jaws uh, twisted so that we can pray for them and they, they turn and they become okay. And we think, and these are the gymnastics that we are having in the church. Where is the focus? Where is the heart for lost souls? I've just introduced the, 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 the issue of the Pentecost. It's about the harvest of souls. It's not about so much about speaking in tongues. We can spend the whole day here speaking in tongues, but if you are not bringing any person to Christ, we are almost doomed. You know, I was remembering, I was sharing with my family the other day, and I, I remembered something stupid that I did. One of my colleagues came. You know, complacency is, is bad. Because you think, when you start saying, I'm also equal, I can also, I can That's how I used to behave before I was born again. So what's the big difference if I would do that even at work? And one morning I walk, I went to the office, and one of my colleagues came, comes, and she wants to quarrel. I've never done this before, and this was very stupid. And I told her, Madam, I don't quarrel. She insisted, no, 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 no. And I said, listen, I'm a Christian, I don't quarrel. She said, no, 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 you must listen. You know, I close my ears like this. I know that was very stupid. But I said, God, I am not going to quarrel with anybody. Least of all, a lady. Because it can also be turned against me. This one was uh, this uh, gender, um, gender issues. <laughs> and I said, I'm not going to quarrel because I'm a Christian. Now she respects me because she knows I'm a Christian and I mean it. When I say I don't do this, I don't do it. Complacency, brethren. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How to celebrate the Passover? Of course, we cannot afford to mess ourselves with living. Because living is symbolic of sin. It is symbolic of the ways of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Do you know what Jesus told the, 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 the disciples? He told them to be wary of the, of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which is, which, which is the hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is pretending to be what you are not. And many of us pretend to be Christians even when we have sinned against God and we have not yet repented. Many of us pretend to be going anywhere when we know actually we went back, backwards and we are actually turning the opposite direction. It is dangerous, brethren. It is dangerous. We need to come back this Passover period in Jesus' name. Because this is the cry of the heart of our God in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Oh, praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Yes, I remember one time, uh, my wife might not remember this, we went to a supermarket. That time the biggest supermarket was Uchumi, and I think it was Uchumi. And we bought, we, we looked at some um, mandazi, some tumikati, okoto cake, and uh, we picked some, that, what we thought was the best. Eh? Do you know we took it home and we threw it away? Because it had a, a false appearance. It was those Asian things with the like sour and it's, I mean, that's not the kind of bread I'm used to. So we tried to eat it. Now she can remember because I can see the smile. Eh? We actually threw it away. And we had, I think, I don't know, one packet or two or something like that. We, we thought we were going to have a, a, a few day eh, enjoying ourselves. Eh? We didn't. Because that's how, that's how yeast behaves. Yeast make something puffed up. Even the size is not its own size. And that's how we are many times as Christians. We are fighting for space. We think, you know, I, I've also worked with crazy people. Somebody comes and he says, you know, you are taking my duties. And I keep telling them, I keep reminding them. You see, when you see somebody trying to fight for work, it means actually they have got nothing to do. I tell them, no, 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 seriously. I tell them, me, I've got so much to do. That sometimes I do it at the expense of my family time. Because I want to serve this country 
so that even if I am not rewarded or awarded by anybody, God will bless me for being a honest worker. Praise the Lord. And therefore I tell them, if you see a Christian now fighting for space, they are, adult, they are actually idle. They are either backslidden, or the two of them who are fighting are backslidden. Or both of them have lost direction. That's why you have got time to watch your friend. My, sis, my, my, my daughter was reminding me the other time, eh? Actually, just this weekend, yesterday, yesterday, but one, she was reminding me, reminding us of a message I preached along, I can't even remember where I preached, and I was telling them, many times, we bent down, and I was basing it from an argument that I had from a brother, and we were bent down trying to measure to see Iokaviro, Iokaviro, the drop line, eh? What is it called? Plumb line, plumb line, and where Oknebishika plumb line, Okipima Mutu, now meanwhile, look at your back. You, you are bending so that you measure if somebody is standing straight. Now, you are even worse. Because the fellow you are measuring, you are trying to measure, is close to straight. Now, you may bend yuko, umeingiwa na chuki, umeingiwa na hatred, and you think you are going to heaven because we are in your kaziyaku kupima watu wengine. But you know, judgment is the work of the angels of God. It's not yours. Even in the book of, uh, have you read Ezekiel 9? The, the mark. God told Ezekiel, go and put a mark on everybody who cries for the city of Jerusalem day and night. And he went about, and after that, then he sent angels, he told them, take your machete. Go and slay anybody without a mark. It is not your work. The angels have already marked us out. Because they can see the Holy Spirit of God in us. It's our seal of ownership. According to the book of Ephesians. When we were God, we gave our lives to Christ. He put on our, our forehead, or wherever it is, a seal of ownership, which is the Holy Spirit of God. Why do we waste time judging other people at the expense of our Christian walk? We end up backsliding because of judging people. And never, never raise our finger against the, the anointed of the Lord. David knew. When he went and found Saul, and Saul was seeking to kill him. And actually David was sawing after Saul so that he can also kill him. And when his workers went and found Saul sleeping, dead asleep in a cave, they came back and they told, Saul, they told David, he's asleep now, he's in your, he, God has given him into your hands, now we can finish him. And you know the Spirit of God came back to David. And David said, no, 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 wait. You cannot lay your finger against the very elect of God. He's the anointed of the Lord, you cannot do it. Who said the fellow who looks like he has backslidden, God has no value for them? So that you even throw them even further from the faith. By your hatred and mistreatment and indifference. You do not recognize them when they come. Perhaps they are not dressed well. And I think this is something the church must work at. I'm not talking about this church. I've been, I've been to worse churches. We are wale watu wa masuti mazuri wanakalishwa mzuri pale. Wale wengine wanaambiwa tu ingieni mutafuti kiti pale. I see the ashes here at least take everybody in and see them. Continue it because God recognizes what you are doing and you bless you in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Because God cannot discriminate against a person, listen, who is made in his likeness and image and who has gone a step further and confessed his faith in Jesus Christ so that God now, because of the confession, he puts a stamp of ownership on this fellow. And you are the fellow now because of you have become complacent. You are focusing on the minors. I used to hear some lawyers, uh, some law students when I was in college say, you know, it's, no, it's bad to focus on the minors uh, instead of the majors. Eh? We are focusing on those small things. Ati. Listen, brethren, we need to wake up. We need to get rid of the yeast, of the living in our midst. It's called hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is telling your brother you love them when you, you, you are actually you feel like vomiting when you see them. Hypocrisy. He is telling my brother, I will pray for you. And he is coming for you for help. And he only needs 10 shillings for, for fear. Or 100 shillings. And you have got 10,000 in your pocket. And you tell them, God bless you. I'm going to pray for you. That's what, what James says. Faith without works is dead. It is called hypocrisy. And the hypocrisy is the, is the religion of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It's not the religion of Christians. Praise the Lord. Uh-uh. I have pastor friends who cannot greet one another because their churches are neighbors. But because they believe in a different God who is called religion. You know religion or religion leads to death. Because religion is trying to reach God by our own works. 
but uh, Christianity is uh, reaching God by faith so that he gives us the spirit to, to bear fruit, to show good works so that our light shines and people can see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Praise the Lord. Lastly, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 6 to 8. You are boasting about this. is terrible. Don't you realize that this is seen like a, a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of Tao. Get rid of the old yeast by removing the wicked person from among you. Then you will be like a fresh batch of Tao made without yeast, which is what you really are. What are you? Tao made without yeast. Because yeast will not perforate us so that we will not uh, uh, you know, expand our, our to give us a, 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 a false size or to give us even a, a, fi- a false image like, like our mandats that we bought and we could not eat them. We found that they are hopeless and you have already spent your money. So let us celebrate the festival not with the old bread of wickedness and evil but with the new bread of sincerity and truth. Finally, Matthew 27 it says that uh, Jesus shouted at, uh, again, blah, blah, blah. And then verse 52. Pastor Richard, you quoted that. Eh? Let me say, verse 51, Irene quoted first. And Pastor Richard quoted verse 52. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn into two. From top, listen, from top to bottom. When you tie a curtain, you tie a curtain at the top. At the curtain at the top is already secured. If you were, you were to tear it as a human being, you would start from the bottom to the top, because the bottom is loose. But this was torn from the top to the bottom, showing that it was not the work of men. And it was a symbolic representation that whatever divided us from the common man's position to the holy of holies, where our high priest would meet God on our behalf, whatever separated the rest of Israel from Moses, as Moses was going to the top of the mountain to meet God, was broken. So that there is no difference between between those who know to prophesy and those who do not. Between those who know to evangelize and those who do not. Because we are all equal in the eyes of God and we can access God. We can, we can we, the, 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 the book of Hebrews says now we can approach his throne of mercy. Without any hindrance. Because that curtain is torn and it was torn from top to the bottom. Amen. And then verse 2. And the tombs opened. And the bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. And they left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection. And they went in the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many. The Passover is about the resurrection of dead spiritual gifts. It's the resurrection of dead Christians to come back to life. Because Jesus Christ has risen from the places of the dead to give us life yet again. Praise the Lord. It is time even for sicknesses that have refused to let go to be broken asunder and you receive your healing in the name of Jesus Christ who is risen from the dead. Amen. The grace will open. The symmetry will give up the dead of the children of God. So they come back to life and speak the oracles of God to others in the land of the living. Don't wait to go and speak in heaven because nobody needs your preaching in heaven. It is here on earth. Let's rise up in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. Oh, praise the Lord! Oh, praise the Lord. Let every grave break asunder and give up the soul of a saint that it has borrowed, buried over the years in the name of Jesus. Let every sickness give way to the healing of the Holy Spirit of God in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Let the church be alive yet again. To worship the Lord in his holy mountain. In the name of Jesus. And let every yeast that you have been carrying along. Let it die a natural death. Never to affect us again. In the name of Jesus. Oh hallelujah. And let the weak say they are strong. In Jesus name. Let the weak say they are strong. In the name of Jesus. 
Oh, praise the Lord. It does not matter what weakness you have in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. It will give way in Jesus' name to the strengthening of the Lord. In Jesus' name, I invite Pastor Richard to come and close the service for us. My mission is done. I was speaking to the Lord. And I remembered what Jesus talked about, John the Baptist. And I, I said, God, even if you take my soul after I preach this message, I have done my mission like John the Baptist. Oh, hallelujah. Because as we were discussing the book of Matthew with my family the other day, we were asking ourselves, why did Jesus think that since the days of John the Baptist, there has never been another man born of a woman, nor will there ever be as great as John the Baptist. It's because John the Baptist fulfilled his purpose for life. His work was to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord of Lords. And when Jesus came along to be baptized by John the Baptist, if he was one of today's ministers, you would have thought he's actually greater than the person he's baptizing. But he, talk, he said, this is the one I've been talking about. Whose shoes, whose shoes I cannot even untie. You can imagine tying somebody's shoes. Perhaps it's the meanest job that you can ever get. But John was saying he is not even worthy to tie or to untie the shoes of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ said he is the greatest man to ever live, born of a woman. He denied himself of everything, every pleasure of life, to go out and talk about the, you know, the baptism that leads to repentance, to prepare the way of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Pastor Kemani, you can talk. In Jesus' name. Let's appreciate Jesus. Hallelujah. He is risen, isn't it? Amen. Let's appreciate Stephen. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Stephen. As we start like that, it's a new season. It's a new beginning. Jesus Christ went on the cross, died on behalf of us who are sinners.